that, that was the equivalent of putting a, a, a barrel full of monkeys into a blender. And that's what you got at Texas. Freedom, the racing capital of the world, Indianapolis, Indiana. Not really, because we're on the road. Welcome to season four, episode number six of the greatest spectacle in podcasting, the seventh gear over rev show. As per usual, I am your host, Kevin Krauss, alongside my good friend and co-host, the one and only Mr. John McGrath. And holy shitballs, kids, was there some chaotic racing this weekend? John, how are you, buddy? Uh, I'm fine. I'm hoping Ferrari fans are recovering from, once again, poor Leclerc just not having any luck at all, it seems like. And that, that Australia race, you know, I was I was excited, sort of, when I watched qualifying to see, you know, a Haas in the top 10. Yeah. You know, I was a bit bummed that, you know, Perez beached it early on, uh, you know, but then the, it, two things, two things stand out to me. And, and, you know, John, you can, you can chime in because you got a, a lot of takes on this race, but holy shit. So number one, I said it before and I say it again, and I think you're with me on this, John. It's like, who in the world is going to catch Red Bull this year? Because those cars are absolutely unfucking so ridiculous. It's so, I mean, it's like once they get DRS, like when Max caught up to Lewis on that straight and opened up DRS, it wasn't even like, I mean, even before the DRS opened, he was, you know, making some big headway on him. And that, Fucking Red Bull has so much power in DRS. It is insane. It's I have one guy that I work with. He swears up and down they're cheating somehow. I don't know if that's true, but it is insane how fast that Honda and that Red Bull package is. Even with Aston Martin essentially copying the entire package, just you know, sands the the Honda engine and they have the AMG engine. I, I don't know. I I agree with George. George is all like, I think they're gonna win all the races every time and. I think he's right. I, unless something happens where mechanical failure or whatever happens, you know, that's going to affect the team. If they don't have any real mechanical issues or some sort of like, you know, massive penalty or whatever, I I think George Russell is absolutely right with his prediction of they're just going to take it all. Well, you're, yeah. I mean, I just, th- these guys are on a juggernaut. I mean, they're at the rate they're going, they're going to make the dominance from, you know, Mercedes AMG look like, you know, ancient history at the rate that they're going. But the other thing that stands out to me from coming out of this race weekend is I am sick and tired of listening to Lewis Hamilton bitch about how they didn't listen to him, how the car sucks. And oh, I'm sorry, you qualified what second and third this weekend and you were challenging for the lead. You know, just like how how he always complains, he's like, oh, the tires are done, man. Tires are done. It's like, you know, Lewis, shut the fuck up. You are the biggest bullface liar ever. And I'm tired of hearing you, you know, talk about how, oh, we suck. You know, the tires are done, all this other stuff. And yet, you know, they're right right back there. It's like, come on, man. He did that. He he literally radioed over and said, oh, I think these tires aren't going to be good as he set fastest lap. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Even Jensen Button was all like, Really? Did he just say that? You know, it was pretty funny. But, you know, I I kind of expect that from Lewis at this point. You know, I mean, I, he, listen, he's a race car driver. He's not an engineer. And, you know, it goes both ways. You know, engineers, you know, they'll tell him, oh, it's fine. And he's the one driving it. I mean, it's a two-way street. So uh, I'll tell you what, I'm kind of sick of it. Maybe just because I'm not really the biggest fan. I know he's a shocker here. Uh, Max is whining when he when he said, was it Alonzo said pushed him off the track or somebody pushed him off the track? I'm like, bro, how many fucking times have you done that to people and you're sitting there bitching about this now? It's like the fucking nerve of this dude. It's like, whatever. I just 
him and his dad both. I'll just come out and say it. And I'm sorry if nobody agrees with me. I do not like Max. Okay. I don't like him. I think he's just the most arrogant fucking person in floor in Formula One right now. And I get it that almost to be an F1 driver, you have to be arrogant. That's I get it. That's fine. I mean, that's almost all, you know, high end, you know, high profile racers, whatever. Max to me is just a different level. And I'm just so sick of the smugness. That's my deal. And I don't want this to be a, you know, a bitch fest about certain drivers. We need to focus on the race. But at the same time, I'm just like you. You have your aspect with Lewis. I have my aspect with Max. But getting back to the race, uh, what an absolute shit show. And I think I I heard somebody say it was perfect thing. They were like, if you could name a movie title after the Australian Grand Prix, what it was. And she said uh, this, the title of this Grand Prix would be anything and everything all at once. It's true. Yeah, you did. I mean, from the start, you had the Leclerc off early and beached it. You had Russell in the lead, pits early, and I still don't quite know why because I didn't catch that part of the race, but then he's out early. And then you've got this com- complete chaos at the end of the race with the you know the second red flag and you know, well, yeah, it actually protesting started, and all of this stuff. It started with Albon when Albon went off, and he was on a fairly not crazy turn or anything. He just lost the back end of the car. Mm-hmm. Went into After the a really good qualifying, he qualified. Like yeah, eight. he did fantastic. Um, And, you know, it was it was really weird how they stopped the race because they said there's so much gravel on the track. And some people didn't like that. There was like some conspiracy theorists about there. Oh, you know, maybe they're doing this because of uh, they, they were afraid of losing laps or something. I don't know what it was. But, you know, of course, they stopped the race. Then they cleaned up the the, the, the gravel and everything else. And then Magnuson kissed the wall and you he know, more than kissed it, man. When I saw that tire go airborne, I was yeah, like, he, holy he, smokes. Yeah. And some, some one of the wrecks, I forget, maybe it was the Alpine crash, which, oh, my God, the worst of the worst that happens in F1, you take out your teammate. Great job. This um, reminded me of a few seasons ago when it was Checo and Ocon taking each other out every other race. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yep. I do remember that. I do remember that. Now it's now was it, it's a Gasly and Ocon like, oh. Wow. Okay. Cool. And they don't, as far as I know, am I right on that? Gasly, right? Am I, am I right on that? Yeah, Gasly's there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know why I was thinking I was wrong on that. Sorry, I just got back from work. It's been a long day. Um, but uh, they kind of already didn't have the coziest of relationships before. Now this happens. I can just imagine how all of France was just as terrifying and scary as it is now as they protest in the streets give them one more thing to protest about yeah, exactly um, give them one more thing to protest i'm sure uh, that was an um, interesting conversation with them and omar so, oh i'm sure i mean did you hear that they were talking to him after it happened too on the on the race i didn't catch they, that part yeah the announcers from sky uh they were talking to him and he was all like well guess that's that <laughs> like there really wasn't much he could say you know how he is he's kind of he's more chill than most of them are yeah, he's a, he's fairly dry for sure. Yeah, he is. He is. And he seemed to have a as he had the best attitude about it as a team manager could when both of your cars take each other out. So and then, yeah, you had the end with the restart, which we knew was going to be crazy. And it did turn out to be crazy. Sands got I'm I'm sorry to me. They if the FIA screwed uh, Carlos signs out, they, they did because it was a racing incident. Everything else up leading up to that day was a racing incident. Carlos Sainz and Alonso get together. Now, admittedly, it was leaning toward Carlos's fault. But even Alonso came out and was all like, yeah, that seemed kind of harsh with the five second penalty. It didn't seem to the, the punishment didn't fit the crime. And right. Haas also put in a, pro- a protest on as well, because if they were the way they did it, it knocked Hulkenberg out of points and they were trying to get him back. And I think because right, at the time, Hulkenberg was fourth. Yeah. Yeah. The Hulkenberg 
was doing very, very well. And yeah, so that, that entire situation. And then somebody said at the end, they were asking at the end, they're like, okay, so if we're going to have this last lap restart, and it's essentially just going to be a parade lap, why are we doing this? Just end the race. You say, well, where everybody's at, here's the time scoring. It's over. Pack up, go home. But for some, I, I, they never really explained it. They kept saying they did explain it. I didn't either that. Maybe I'm a stupid American and don't understand. But <laughs> if you're going to send out all these cars on the track, passing is not allowed. You're not going full course speed and you're having to follow the safety car. And it's for one lap. Again, what exactly is the fucking point? It's just a waste of everybody's time. So I don't know. It was another weird FIA thing, but a crazy race nonetheless. Uh, but the outcome, though, the overall outcome was expected. We have Red Bull yeah. once again it was in the front. Quite, quite predictable. Yeah. Almost, and I hate to make this comparison, but it's almost WWE-ish in it terms kinda, of the predictability. You of know, that's not a bad way to put it. I didn't think of it that way, but it's getting to be like, well, you know, the Undertaker's probably going to win this one. And Jeez. that's kind of how it's become with, with Formula One. It's like, well, and I understand there have been times with we had that with Lewis, we had that with Michael Schumacher. You know, this is not something new to F1 where a severely dominant team just does what they do. But there is, I get the feeling, I don't know why, maybe I'm wrong. There's something different about this one. Something really different. Yeah. And, you know, there's and one other kind of like other point about, uh, about actually two other points about that race. But in that last red flag, Man, if if for those of you seventh year over of listeners that have not watched it yet, watch the highlights because that last red flag caused this really huge bottleneck in the the middle of the field where guys could have wadded up a shitload more equipment than they did. You had guys sailing through the gravel to avoid guys that were at, almost at a complete stop. Yeah, and it was it could have been really really bad. And they've got to take a look, another hard look at that moving forward. You know, uh, yes. I don't know if I don't know if anything will uh, happen between now and Azerbaijan uh, in a few weeks, but holy smokes, you got to get that kind of reined in and under control. But uh, my my last little take is, you know, there was there's a little glimmer of hope there out of McLaren from the weekend. Finally, yeah, yeah, uh, was actually happy for McLaren to actually be able to pull out with it. Whether they get, uh, I forget now, but they were in points, mm-hmm. uh, six and seven, something like that. Yeah. I don't yeah, remember. I think that's right. I think that's right. Uh, I can actually. But it was nice to see because they were just, you know, within the first two races, they were becoming the laughing stock of the entire season. And it's just two races in. Now we're here, our third race. And it seemed to show that maybe things aren't as bad as they could, what we thought they were going to be. Right. Well, and, you know, McLaren just had that big, you know, personnel reshuffling, you know, behind the yes. scenes there. So maybe, you know, maybe that had something to do with it. I mean, Zach came straight out and said we had to make changes. So and you're absolutely right. It was sixth for Norris and eighth for Piastri. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, there you go. So that was, to, uh, that's the F1 race. Yeah. Yep. On to Azerbaijan at the end of the month. And then uh, the following week, the first of three United States uh, Grand Prix there in Miami. Yeah. Which uh, Azerbaijan, they better figure out the safety thing before Azerbaijan, too, because it has that one kink that is the, by the castle really that is one. so tight. Like, yeah. You know, not only just watching it, I, you know, I do the sim thing on it as well with that street circuit. I mean, I know that, you know, a sim can't really fully simulate the feeling of that turn, but holy shit, that turn is insane because you're going into it very fast, not quite full Mm -hmm. speed, but you have a pretty good stretch before you got to slam the brakes and then it's a hard left, hard right, 
up the hill, hard right. It's just it's a it's an insane turn. It's probably one of the more difficult turns in uh, all of racing, to be honest. I, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. It is it is treacherous to say the least. But uh, all right, moving on to the IndyCar race this last weekend from Texas Motor Speedway. Wow, that that was the equivalent of putting a, a, a barrel full of monkeys into a blender. And that's what you got at Texas because it was aggressive racing from from start from to finish. Get-go. Yeah, from lap one, those guys were hard charging 218, 19, 20, 21 miles an hour. It was stupid fast. It was nuts. I mean, I sat there and I, I was watching it and I was like getting goosebumps watching some of the passes that were happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, unfortunately, that PJ1 stuff that they put on last year that was causing everybody to crash is largely gone. They kind of tweaked that. The yeah. IndyCar series made a few arrow tweaks to the cars before Texas. But man, this from the very beginning, I mean, Connor Daly, <laughs> you should see that video in practice. I don't know if it's, I think it was practice, loops it three times at 220 miles an hour and doesn't hit anything. It's like that ass, is. I bet his ass ate his underwear. Holy God. That was a code brown moment. I have no oh, doubt. Oh, man. So scary. And there <laughs> were a couple man. of scary ones on, in the in the race, too. Oh, you you know it. I mean, Stingray Rob, the rookie, you know, when yeah. he got up into the wall and that steering arm collapsed and he yes. augured it into the inside and unfortunately didn't get hit by by traffic coming across. Yeah, you know, that was yep. a big one. Grosjean. Um, Grosjean also kissed it again. Right which at the unfortunately, end. For, unfortunately, well, you know, it's funny. Another DNF. And and Grosjean, you know, he had made contact a couple times during the race and managed to get away with it. It was like, okay, if you're going to try that hard to crash, guess what? He finally got your wish. I mean, he yeah, had, karma's, karma's going to get you eventually. I mean, he made contact with Newgarden late in the race trying to defend. Yeah. But yeah, wow. I mean, that race came came right down to Newgarden and Pato, and those guys were on fire. There were so many lead changes. It was insane. It was absolutely nuts. And it's funny. I, was, I saw a quote from, from Joseph Newgarden after, I think it was after qualifying. He said, you know, racing around this place right now is like trying to put socks on a rooster. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good comparison. I'll tell you that. Was it, was it Pato who had like the outside speed going around? He was just carrying some, I think it was him carrying some insane speed going around Newgarden. It was like, holy, like they put the afterburners on that car. Holy shit. I know it was there were there were points in the race where he would come from so far back and have such a massive run that it it, it made it look like everybody was tied to a fence post. It yeah. was unbelievable. But then uh, so, yeah, you had a massive battle, you know, and, and of course, it was a bummer that thanks to Grosjean balling it up there at the end, it finished under caution. That would have been nice to see that last yeah. lap battle and yeah, you know, award good. award barely lost out yet again. But. I mean, it's, the bright spots was, and number one, it was a fantastic race. I mean, say what you want about Texas. I know there, there's never a lot of spectators that show up at that race. And once again, there wasn't, that. there wasn't a lot of spectators there, but that, that is the oval racing product that IndyCar needs to put out every time that they go just turn and left. You know, right. they, they want to differentiate themselves from IndyCar, I mean, from Formula One, you know, and, and have that differentiation. This was the kind of package that you go, holy shit, you know, give me the popcorn. I can't not. Yeah, I can't look away. Yeah, with right? so many changes. Gonna happen. Yeah, with so many lead changes and how fast those cars are going and, and, you know, what they're doing. And, you know, I was I was mentioning you mentioned the crowd I, when I was kind of seeing the highlights and watching everything go down. I was like, man, I'm I'm really sad that like only about 30 percent of the stadium was filled. 
I was yeah. like, man, that sucks. You know, it's like, yeah, and it's so good racing. It's it really is. I don't and I don't know what IndyCar has to do to try to get people uh to go out to come out. It's like I know like the next race is at Long Beach. That'll be a sold out show. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to sell out the road courses, which is interesting to me. Which I think it's because that is. Hear me out now. This may be because of Formula One in a way, because you know people sort of the casual viewer will say we'll see who enjoys racing. We'll see that oh well. Formula One isn't around here, but we have IndyCar coming and they're on the streets this weekend. And it's sort of, you know, you, you see what I'm saying on that? Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I, I get you. I get so you. Meanwhile, and I think- people, people will see the oval stuff and be like, oh, it's NASCAR. Yeah, an exotic NASCAR. I can I I can see how people would think that, and it's like, oh, how hard can it be? You're just turning left. It's the most dangerous fucking thing ever. But okay, yeah. I mean, (laughs) we saw it. I mean, that was a huge hit from, like we said, from Stingray Rob. You know, Graham Rahal could have gotten launched into the fence. Thank God he didn't. Graham hit the wall stupid hard, and it was that could, like you said, that could have that had a velocity to go over. That could have been ugly. That had, you know, visions of Scott Dixon had a couple of crashes like that in his career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, I mean, Dixon's finished strong. I mean, and look at David Malukas, the, the little yep. the, the little engine that could, man. He finished fourth <laughs> there at the end, fourth, battling yep. with everybody. Yep, standing so, up there with the big guys, with Penske and everybody else, yeah. So I think, I mean, it's going to be, a, yeah, certainly the next oval race isn't until Indy, because you've got Long Beach, and then you've got Barber, and then you've got yeah. the road course race at Indy. So, of course, there's a, a little bit, you know, to go in between there. And kind of backing up to your point about, you know, the, how Long Beach and the road courses tend to sell out. Yeah, you know, certainly Long Beach, you know, is sort of their their Monaco of, of the West Coast. So that's going sure. to always have a big allure. Plus, they're partnering with IMSA there. Barber, where I'm at right now. Um, is going to be a huge show. It always is every year because that's a fantastic yep. road course. Oh yeah, it's super cool. And yeah. then you then you get back into the month of May. But to see what was done, you know, at Texas in terms of uh, say what you want about the crowd, say what you want about the the aero package, you know, sure. improving the racing and it being pack racing or not pack racing, it was a phenomenal race, absolutely phenomenal race. Let's see what happens at Indy because if we get even half of that kind of show that we got at Texas at Indy this year. That is going to be a fantastic Indianapolis 500. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be one of those possibly coming down to like those really great historic races where it came down to like who's got the fuel and you know breakdowns. I, and unfortunately, it's a, it's a realistic aspect of it. You know, who's you know possible wrecks. You know, yellow flags strategy. It's it's if yeah, you're right. It this carries over like it did in Texas. It's going to be a wild show. Absolutely. And you saw you saw a little bit of team muscle being flexed. You know, certainly willpower for Penske had a ship weekend. I mean, I don't yeah. know what happened there, but Not man, New Garden. New Garden was a rocket ship, as was Pato. So certainly, you know, Penske's gonna get their act together because they're gonna do some more testing. I have oh, no doubt yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. No, Power's gonna be yeah. back on it for for Indy, but McLaren is looking really solid right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very I mean, much so. You had Rosenquist on pole and you had Rossi in third and you had Pato in fifth after qualifying. And, you know, had Rossi not had the damage from colliding with Kirkwood, you know, in the pits there, I mean, that could have been a really strong run. And I think McLaughlin yeah. is going to be there come Indy. You know, even late in the race, Andretti kind of came around. Herta was running strong. You know, Grosjean was third, fourth, you know, until he. Yeah, Grosjean like, ran fat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Grosjean ran a, ran a strong race. And then, and Ganassi, you know, I mean, Dixon yep. was strong early. Pelot 
holy shit, Polo on old tires. And it was right there in the mix at the end too. And who knows what would have happened had that had Grosjean not uh, not ended the race for everybody. But yeah, bottom line is it was a fantastic race. And if you missed it, go back on on Peacock if you've got it and and rewatch that or at least watch the highlights because it was the, the extended highlights, like the thirty minute version on YouTube, mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty yeah. amazing. But so yeah, lots lots of action this last weekend. So. Got a lot more to look forward to this season. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Formula One is not as predictable the rest of the way as uh, as it has seemingly been to this point. And IndyCar yeah, continues to stay exciting. Yeah, at this point, I'm just going to like do what the director does of any of the Formula One broadcasts and not bother showing Max after he gets into the front and just show <laughs> the actual rest of the field trying to fight each other because that's where the actual action is. So. But yes, it, I almost feel it, like, and now, now I'm even more interested in, in listening to to Holtar do it do his analysis because he's calling out stuff that I'm like, oh, that's pretty damn funny. It's like <laughs> I, I would almost almost more rather listen to his take on some of this stuff than some of the actual action that was going on on track. Yeah, but, for sure, for sure. All right, my friend. Anything else you got for this week before we sign off? Nope, that's all I got. All right, seventh year over at fans. That is about to wrap it up for this week's show. And I just want to, uh, on behalf of John and myself, thank all of you for your listenership. Because as of the airing of this episode tomorrow, April 4th, we will break the 5,500 download episode all time. So thank you all. And we are heard in now 48 different countries. So make sure that you're hitting us up on all of our social media platforms. You can find us on Instagram at seventh gear overrev. You can also find us on Twitter at gear underscore seventh. We've got our Facebook page. We're going to be working on doing some live streaming of the show here as the season goes on. You can also find John as well as his alter ego uh, on Instagram, <laughs> late yeah, underscore just... night underscore lap, as well as McGrath 79 Instagram and Twitter. I, uh, but... I wanted to tell you real quick, you don't even have to put those under there. Just say late night lap. It's It, it finds it now. Oh, very good. I, I'm now popular enough through where you just find, type in late night lap and you'll see my little LNL logo there and all the little edits and car things I like to put up. So John has infiltrated the algorithm. So that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Seventh year over at fans. Stay tuned in two weeks time when we review the Long Beach Grand Prix. And uh, we may or may not have a special guest on that week's show. But in the meantime, on behalf of John and myself, John, thanks for your time this weekend. I will be back. Actually, I will not be back. I will actually, I'm in the middle of yeah, a bit of a, a little while. Yeah, I am in, in the middle of a little bit of a, uh, a road show, so to speak. I just uh, yep, went yep. from road Atlanta the last few days. I am in Birmingham, Alabama, going to be at the Barber Motorsports Park here for the rest of this week. Then I'm home on the weekend. And then I head out to Sonoma Raceway out in Cali where the SRO series just was this last weekend with our good friends, Diesel and Tiffany Lauder of Operation Motorsport. Uh, but we got a lot coming the rest of the season. So, John. Once again, buddy, thanks for all your time uh, and your insights on both the IndyCar and the Formula One race weekends. And Absolutely. seven zero fans, in two weeks' time, make sure that you stay tuned for the latest in the greatest spectacle in podcasting. See ya. See you, John. Bye.